happy belated Halloween to all of you in the Triggered Army. We just finished up watching our Halloween-themed episodes of AEW and Monday Night Raw and NXT. So we're going to talk about it. As well as we got a special, huge, important announcement here. So stay tuned all the way to the end of the show to find out what it is. And this is not no Tony Khan announcement. This one's really important. Or is it? You got to stay to the end. So you're going to get all that and more in this episode of Triggered Wrestling. Triggered Wrestling is so awesome. All the way around. That gets me triggered. Ooh, okay. Well, let's go with the bad trigger right now. See, I'm a, I'm a fan of all of it. We'll force you to watch Trigger Wrestling. I wonder what that announcement is going to be. Might be a surprise. I'm even surprised. I don't even know what it is. And I'm part of this pod. But I'm going to stay tuned in. <laughs> What's up, Brian? What's up, dude? <laughs> so, you know, like I mentioned before, happy belated Halloween. Hopefully, all of you had an amazing day with your families and friends. And uh hope you all got a lot of candies. Because spooky season's over and it is now No Nut November. <laughs> I'm just it's Christmas season all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's uh, the happy holiday season, one day to the next. So just like that, you know what? Let's just hop into WWE Raw here. No segue, no fancy introductions. We're just hopping right into Monday Night Raw. We're raw dogging it, as some might say. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't even remember how this show started. <laughs> Judgment Day comes out, and then Ray Ripley's talking about how she's going to have a, a tough time at Crown Jewel because you got to fight four other women. Sami Zayn comes out, and essentially, Sami Zayn is going to set up the main event, right? Yeah, sets up the main event with a match that Rhea Ripley made for Damian Priest. And later on the show, Damian Priest was not too happy about that. I'm assuming, you know, with the whole, oh, Judgment Day doesn't have a leader. And then people are pointing the fingers like, no, you're the leader. No, I think you're the leader. I think that's going to come into play with the Judgment Day in the in the months coming. Yeah. So, you know... <sighs> They get in a big scramble here. Dom gets on the mic and say, why don't they just essentially fight Sami Zayn now? But Ricochet comes down even the odds. And what would you expect that he is already in his wrestling outfit, bro? Full tights and all. And uh, he ends up fighting Dominic Mysterio to start the show. Yeah. And like several other times in the past weeks, Judgment Day tries to act tough because they have the numbers game. Somebody evens up the odds and they cowered away. But this time, Dominic Mysterio cannot cower away because, like you said, Ricochet is in full ring gear and bam, bam, the match starts. Like, you know, I know this is WWE style of how they create matches like out of the beginning. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work. And this is one of the times where I'm like, Ricochet wasn't even out there. He just came out and he already had a match scheduled with Dominic Mysterio, apparently, unless they're just starting matches randomly, you know, wrestlers booking their own matches. But we get this match. Dominic Mysterio wins via pinfall. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, kind of like matches that you hate in AEW all over the place. It was it was a great match. It was a decent match. A typical basic WWE match. No complaints here. But of course, like I said, the Judgment Day's numbers come into play. Rhea Ripley and JD Madonna distract the ref. Dominic Mysterio pins via roll-up. Ricochet using the ropes. And from my angle, it looked like the ref was watching in that direction. But of course, the story is for Dominic Mysterio to continue his winning streak. So they gave him the 1-2-3. Yeah, he gets the 1-2-3 here and then quickly after the match we get a hype reel for diy and uh you know that leads us to the next match here alpha academy chad gable and otis versus the creed brothers they're debuting creed brothers from nxt this is a good tag team match i don't know which one is brutus and which one is julius but one of them they do like the doomsday kind of spot where they carry uh otis on the shoulders and then the other guy does a fucking cannonball into him yeah it's it's an interesting move I don't think it's a good move. Yeah, that was a weak cannonball. It is what it is. But Creed Brothers debut, they get the win and they end up earning the the respect of the Alpha Academy. And this is the start of the reboot of the tag team division. We've seen countless times New Day and the other tag teams uh, just talking it all out backstage. Um, so it's safe to say that we're in full reboot of the tag team division and I'm all here for it. Is this reboot? Is this something um, WWE has said online or on TV? Or is this something that you are predicting it's going to happen? I'm predicting it's going to happen. We've seen quite a lot of tag team matches. The tag teams are kind of heavily featured. The New Day, Alpha Academy, DIY. And that's just on Raw. That's not including SmackDown. Of course, we have the Judgment Day. So it's nice to see these tag teams out there now. 
Yeah, um, I've always been a fan of tag team wrestling. I, I love the Attitude Era and their tag team division. I love AEW's tag team division. But yeah, um, seems like WWE has not really taken, uh, I would just say, has not really seen anything in the tag team division in, in recent years. It's always one team or the other. Like you were mentioning New Day. You know, it's just, it was not the same. And it, and if it's going to be a reboot, I'm, I'm all here for it. Um, but the tag teams that you mentioned, I don't know if those are the tag teams that you should be putting on your TVs every week. I, I think... You know, you have somebody like Street Profits. You know, I think they should be a dominant tag. The suit profits, bro. The suit profits. Oh, okay, okay. But yeah, the Creed Brothers actually impressed me a lot. Especially this match with the Creed Brothers was great. The chain wrestling between Chad Gable and one of the Creed Brothers was absolutely amazed. I was impressed right away. It just sucks that the crowd wasn't really invested in this match until it got a little gimmicky with Otis. And that's when it ruined it for me. But if the fans love Otis, what am I going to say? You know, but it was a great match match and yeah that's all i can say great match yeah it was a good match and then um right after this we get that backstage segment of uh the new day dressed up as the new judgment day and they, they end up running into yeah, into uh uh the actual judgment day right where damien priest is upset about not being out there to help dominic Rhea tells him that he needs to focus on the rest of their businesses he says he wants to cash in at crown jewels since they're all supposed to be equals uh did he miss the meeting where everybody else decide matches for each other but Rhea says that he's the punishment of judgment day which is a good reference to his original wrestling name punish Martinez. I saw that. I thought that was dope. So yeah. So Damon Priest accepts the explanation. They're going to continue to run the show. Anything you want to say about that promo, Adrian? Yeah, I, th- I thought it was great that the New Day went into the clubhouse of the Judgment Day and clowned them in their face. And as always, Judgment Day didn't do anything. So I thought that was pretty funny. Badasses don't want to be badasses all of a sudden. Did you see that um, that food to go container Kofi Kingston was carrying with that little ass money in the bank contract? Yeah, it was like a little <laughs> lunchbox. Like the like the little lunchbox money in the bank ones that they sell at Barrio <laughs> Toys. <laughs> I thought that shit was pretty funny too. <laughs> yeah, that shit was funny. So right after this, we get a Miz TV segment uh, with Gunther. Gunther does not make his entrance on the first introduction, but Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci come down, and they said that Gunther's not going to come down just because he was told to come down. Uh, The Miz is a clown, and then the Miz says that he's been a lot of things, but he's never been a a third wheel, never been a sidekick. But then, you know, Vinci says, aren't you your wife's sidekick on Total Divas on your own TV show? He's pretty much just insulting each other very childishly, you know, at least I have a hot wife, all that shit whatever gunther comes down uh he tells miz that he's not his guest and he came out there to make two things clear first of all that it's a 2023 and is he still trying to run a talk show right and <laughs> yeah. then the thing is that the ring is sacred and everything that the miz does is beneath him and i know a lot of internet marks are just popping their their shits over uh gunther clowning the miz about this adrian so what do you what do you got to say about this I mean, what is there to say about this? I mean, am I going to do a repetitive thing like Miss has been doing? Miss cuts the same promo every, what, 6 to 12 months. I'm the best intercontinental championship of all time. I deserve to be the champion again. I brought the prestigiousness to this IC title. (laughs) It's like, bro, I've been hearing the same shit for the past 10 years, bro. Do something different. (laughs) I beat John Cena at WrestleMania, all that stuff. Yeah, bro, like, come on. Make up something else. Or not even make something else, bro. Have some better writers. I know the writer's strike is still going on but you have a team of creative do something else miz you're on a losing streak bruv what are you doing stepping to the plate against in my opinion a candidate of wrestler of the year this whole show was uh had its questionable moments and it had its good moments and this one right here it was a horrible moment i'm glad i skipped some of it like how we said earlier on the show about ricochet and dominic Luke Kaiser and the Gianni Ben Vinci come out to the ring because they also have a match right after the segment and it's against a DIY, which I was impressed about that. How did you feel about that match? Uh, you know, this match, I'm... <sighs> I was a fan of DIY in NXT. I'm not a fan of DIY in WWE. I mean, the match was was all right. Main um, roster. Main roster. Yeah, main roster in the main roster. Um, the match was all right, dude. It's just, you know, they're going to win when they're wrestling against Giovanni Vinci and Ludwig yeah. Kaiser. That's the thing that kind of like takes me out of it. And, you know, Vinci was going to take the pin. He's going to do the job. Yeah, they just lose so much and it's frustrating. Like, I know you're trying to build something with DIY, but at the same time, you're doing this to tear down Giovanni Vinci. And if the, if the goal is to not have Giovanni Vinci be an Imperium, that should have happened weeks and weeks ago because he's been losing. Thank you. Since they debuted, like, you know, like, why is he still getting second chances? You guys literally said last week that if he lost, 
they would kick him out, right? He'd be dead, but here he yes. is. He's still there. So I don't know that this is uh, some strange writing, but DIY gets the win. You know, Ludwig Kaiser looks disappointed at Vinci, but he's been looking disappointed constantly. So there's nothing new here. Yeah. See, this is what I'm saying, man. This is my frustration with WWE, especially to me. I'm not an avid NXT watcher. No, what I'm going to say, oh, I used to watch NXT back in the day. No, I never did. I'll, I'll say it here. But sometimes they do have some great talented people. The Creed Brothers, impressed by their performance. By the first time I've seen them, I'm very fucking impressed. DIY, somewhat impressed. But Giovanni Vinci is just... Uh, I'm not going to clown on the guy. I'm not going to trash him. In, but it's he's doing the job. And for him to be an Imperium, uh, a top tag team or faction, uh, it's just... I, I wouldn't say it's killing it because Gunther is there. But it, he's useless at this point. He really is. And like we were saying, if all this is just for him to get kicked out, he should have been kicked out long ago. But moving on to DIY, Tommaso Ciampa, when he does the whole clapping thing and pat his shoulders along with Gargano, to me, I see Ciampa as a, as a beast, as an actual wrestler. He has a look. He has a physique. And by, by him doing that, it's just like, huh, I'm not feeling that. I think he should be, like, the serious one in this relationship, in this tag team. Yeah, I can see that. Like the good cop, bad cop type of thing. But that's how I see it. I don't know how other people see it. If you guys think otherwise, please let us know in the comment section. I, we'd love to have conversations with all of our fans on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, X, all over the place. Let us know if you, you're liking the DIY rebirth, I would say, or the reunion. So let us know. Hit us up. Then we get another one of those Shinsuke Nakamura promos of him speaking Japanese. And Adrian, I didn't see anything that was a call out to CM Punk this time. At least not that wasn't clear to me. Is there anything that I might have missed here? No, it, it really was not. I did got two quotes from him. It looks like Shinsuke Nakamura has his sights on someone because he said, what are you afraid of? Speaking to somebody he knows. And then he has like, do it. Show yourself. So I have a feeling Shinsuke Nakamura is talking to somebody specifically. But who is it going to be? I know all those references of CM Punk. I, to me, I don't see any references to CM Punk in there. But I, mean, I don't see CM Punk being afraid of nothing. But I, I don't know. Who do you think he's talking to? Or who do you think he's calling out? in this promo i have no idea dude i honestly i i still think it's cm punk if it's not cm punk i have no idea who he's talking to unless he's talking to randy orton i mean that's another person that's rumored to be making Ooh, a return yes but uh i don't know I, I just still don't see it unless we start to hear some like some kind of surprises of uh voices in my head or something like that you know of that nature but um no i have no idea but that's those are my two guesses is randy orton or cm punk yeah you're right i did read a report earlier this week that most likely roman reigns is not going to be at survivor series and his last match will be at crown jewel for the remainder of the year don't know if that's true but you know you always see those internet rumors out there and in that article that i read it said that um it's possible that randy Orton will debut at survivor series which is why roman reigns is not going to be on there because paul levesque wants the eyes the attention on the return of randy Orton and not roman reigns because usually roman reigns when he does appear on shows he takes the spotlight away from people and Nolan Orton and Paul Levesque have a history. I think it'd be a good move, you know? They have a history. They're good friends. They were in evolution together. And my man and your boy Paul Levesque is throwing Randy Orton a bone, getting his return, his huge pop. I think that'd be dope for Randy Orton to return at Survivor Series. I think so, too. But in what way? That's the thing. Is it if it's against Shinsuke and then Shinsuke loses, I just feel like you built him up just to have him lose again, yeah. you know? But but we'll, we'll see what happens there. And even if it's CM Punk, too, then we start asking that question again. What's the point of building up Shinsuke just for him to lose, you know? I think it would be more respectable if he loses to CM Punk than he loses to Randy Orton. Because Randy Orton just came back from injury. CM Punk is not saying CM Punk is better than Randy Orton. It's just he's a brand new debuting re-signed wrestler. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, yeah. So uh, moving on, we get Candice LeRae versus Zia Lee in a match that everybody seems confused about. I mean, some people are saying she got kicked in the head and was concussed and couldn't continue the match. I will say that this is exactly how the match was planned to end, just based off of the promo that we saw later, right? The little video package of her holding it on her neck. She didn't get kicked in the neck. She got kicked in the head. But I still think this is storyline. Um, but Zia Lee wins with the referee stoppage. Yeah, I think I think this is storyline-wise. Um, I'd slow down the TV, fast-forwarded, rewind it. And yeah, the first knee to the head didn't make any contact at all, which it's fine. Whatever. It's wrestling. Um, then the second one did hit her, but not as hard. And then after that, when she went down, the referee was, you know, talking to Candice LeRae. Then Zaya Lee went up to her, tried to grab her from her hair. And I'm like, wait, if she's injured, you shouldn't even be touching it. You should be knowing what to do. 
you know, you, you pick up on these things when you watch a lot of wrestling. And yeah, it just looked like it was, it was kind of bad acting. But I'm sure they're going to go with the story. So I'll be looking forward to this, seeing what happens. Maybe Indy Hartwell is going to come into play in Defender. Indy Hartwell did have a great match with Becky Lynch. I did like that match. So hopefully they put more Indy Hartwell in here. Or Candice LeRae might leave for a while, come back and build a tag team with Indy Hartwell. I'd, I'd see that too. Yeah. True. So uh, let's see. Moving on, we get to see a quick promo in the ring with Seth Rollins where he's calling out the big Scottish baby, Drew McIntyre. He's telling them that, you know, he's not the same person that uh, that he beat back in 2020. Right. He's not the same person back then. He's not the Messiah. He's not the architect. And that there's a reason that the people sing his song. J.D. Madonna attacks Seth Rollins from behind. We actually get an interesting match here. J.D. Madonna and Seth Rollins actually have a really good match. I was surprised about J.D. Madonna having a good match, considering he is a jobber. He has not really won anything here in the company, but he puts on an entertaining match here with Seth Rollins. And this is the thing that I kind of want to say is that um, I feel like I say this every week. WWE puts in like a sleeper match, a really good, like one really good match, at least in every Monday Night Raw and SmackDown now, as opposed to before. What do you mean? Like they put a sleeper match on, then a good match and then a not so good. Sorry, like a sleeper, like a, like, for example, like one of the main complaints of AEW fans is that WWE Raw matches are boring, right? Obviously the pay-per-view matches are the better matches in WWE, but I feel like at least one match or two matches out of Monday Night Raw or SmackDown are actually decent matches. I mean, granted, they're not going full out pay-per-view match styles but they're still really entertaining they're good oh okay okay okay. yep and they get quite a lot of tv time now got it got it you mean one of those matches that you don't think is gonna be good but if you're tuning in you're gonna like it that, that's what you mean right honestly dude i you know when this match was announced south ron's jd Madonna, i didn't care i'm like oh he's gonna squash him but the match was really good i mean you think you forget that a lot of these other wrestlers jd Madonna, like they're really good in the ring that's why they're then in the wwe yeah see and that that's my issue with wwe it's if they're good in the ring i'm not expecting a five-star match all the time i'm not expecting a four-star match i'm not expecting an all-out match just let them out and let them do their thing let them do their talking in the wrestling ring um and i will say this like you were saying jd madonna is the channel changer he was a jobber i haven't been interested in him since his debut and to be honest i'm not interested in him now um i think this is the problem that i have with wwe is if you guys don't care enough about your talent to let them go out there and wrestle, why am I going to be tuning in to watch? You know, you saying it's a sleeper match. I'll take your word for it. I'll probably go back and watch it again. But as of right now, I probably I didn't see the same things that you did, mainly because, again, it's JD Madonna. He's a channel changer. But yeah, if you say it's a great match, I might have to go back and look at it because uh, you, you know your boy. I like good matches. And if you're saying this is a good match, if you're putting your stamp seal of approval on this, I'm going to go back and watch it. All right, go back and watch it. I mean, so this is the other thing. It's not. All right. So when you watch the difference between WWE and AEW, WWE definitely has a, a WWE style and AEW has a just go out there and do whatever you want kind of style. But the problem with that is you got everybody going 110% all the time to where the matches are good, yes, but storyline-wise, a lot of the, what happens in the matches doesn't really make sense in the long-term kind of thing, if that if that makes any sense. Like, the matches are good, yes. We're also getting, like, a lot of surprise roll-up wins because they're just, I already did these three fancy moves on you, and I'm going to beat you with a surprise roll-up. It's, it's kind of annoying to me, but that's me. And I feel like the majority of AEW fans would call this match mid because it's not as action-packed as as AEW matches are. Oh, I don't know about those marks, but um, like I said, if, if WWE cared about JD Madonna from the beginning, I would have done the same. Just like the Creed brothers. They cared about him enough. Hey, just go out there and do your thing. Just do what you know best, which is wrestling. Bam, they put on a banger match until Otis got in and started doing the gimmicky shit. That's when I lost interest. WWE had done that with JD Madonna from the beginning. I would be a Madonna fan, but I'm not. And to me, like I said, that's the problem I have with WWE. If they don't care about their talent, to let them go out and wrestle. Because like you said, it is WWE. Everybody knows how to wrestle there. So why don't you guys just let them go out there and wrestle? I don't know why. Like I said, it doesn't have to be a five-star match. It doesn't have to be a 20-minute match. Let them go out there for seven, eight, less than 10 minutes. From five to 10 minutes, put on a good match. I'll tune in. But since they made J.D. Madonna boring to me, then 
I mean, what can you do? That's true. So after this, we get the segment of Becky Lynch being interviewed backstage before she's interrupted by Zia Lee. I'll let you talk about this, Adrian. What does Becky Lynch say? She said that she lost her title to a worthy opponent, and she doesn't mind losing. She doesn't care because she's always going to stand up and be a better person. And that person was uh, Lyra Val- Valkyrie? Valkyria? Lyra Valkyrie. She said Lyra Valkyrie was a worthy opponent, and she was hungry. So she doesn't mind losing to her, but all she's going to do is just going to get back up and get back. She also said that in a span of 42 days, she defended her title more times than Rhea Ripley all year and more times than Roman Reigns has all year as well. And that's when Zaylee comes in. Like how I said last week on the episode, so now that Becky doesn't have the title anymore, where does Zaylee go from here? Is she going to challenge the title holder or Becky Lynch? And she's challenging Becky Lynch still, but it's going to be on her terms. I mean, to me, I'd rather challenge Becky Lynch on, on the main roster than to go for a developmental title on NXT. So I think this is a good move for Zia Lee and, and WWE management. Hopefully they'll let her wrestle and not do something uh, like they did with uh, Candice LeRae earlier on the night. But I'm excited for this match. I'm excited too. When it happens. When it happens, I'll be excited. But until then, I'm still going to be tuning in. Plus, we got a podcast. So we got to watch the wrestling, bro. So yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I would be excited to see Xia Li have a match here. Um, I remember when she first came up, she was like, she had like a whole anime entrance on SmackDown and then she just disappeared and then she, now she's back. So we'll see what goes on with that. Uh, but next we get the trickered street fight or the tricker, the tricker treat fight, whatever it was called. But it's Chelsea Green. I'm sorry. I should say Brett the Hitman Hart and from the dead Jim the Anvil Nightheart come down and face Natalia here. A.K.A. Allie the Bunny from AEW. Allie the Bunny from AEW. And uh, a match that Matt Cardona is calling long-term booking because uh, there was a picture from Survivor Series. Many No, it was when SmackDown invaded Raw or when Raw invaded SmackDown uh, where Natalia is like holding her SmackDown team back. And she accidentally touches, she puts her hand on Matt Cardona's junk. And he says that this is Chelsea <laughs> Chelsea's Green's uh, revenge. <laughs> so this is long-term booking here. Chelsea Green versus Natalia in the Trick or Street fight. Adrian, what did you think about this match? I think it was what it was. It was a gimmicky fight, like gimmicky, gimmicky. No disrespect to the indies. I love going to the indies, but this was straight just that on a WWE ring. I didn't like some spots, especially like where Nikki Cross came into play. Like, I'm not invested in her character at all. I wasn't really invested in her superhero gimmick or the crazy gimmick. Um, I, I don't I don't know what Nikki Cross's deal is, and I'm not interested at all. But the match was okay. So-so. I know they were putting candy on the ring, and then I think Natalia took a powerbomb, or Chelsea Green took a powerbomb on there. And I'm like, come on. Bro. On candy, yeah. It was I'm candy like, in a bag. You could have at least put like some Legos or something that actually, I'm not expecting thumbtacks or nails or anything, but do something else instead of candy. You're expecting Legos, bro? But they hurt, bro. Have you ever I know them? they do. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. I'd rather, I'd rather land on thumbtacks than Legos, probably. <laughs> 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 no, I'm like candy corn. I'm like, bruh, at least fucking. No, what's the. Not Laffy Taffy, that chocolate Laffy Taffy, whatever it's called. Tootsie Rolls? Tootsie Rolls, yeah, those Tootsie Rolls. Rolls. Chocolate <laughs> Laffy Taffy. Whatever, bro. Bro. I don't know what they're What the about. fuck? <laughs> I don't know what they're called or what they're made of. I would have had Tootsie Rolls, bro, because I think that they hurt more than candy corn. Yeah, man. I don't know. I don't know. I did enjoy this match. It's it's the gimmick Halloween match that they have every year around this time. It was entertaining. The the only thing I didn't like was the Nikki Cross spot. And it's only because I think they messed it up because Chelsea Green, she pulled... There's three pumpkins. She pulls the first one. She pulls the second one. And she covers it back up, but she didn't see who it was. But then she pulls up the third one and then goes back to the second and acts surprised. Like, we just saw it was Nikki Cross under there. Yeah. That's the only complaint I have about that. No, and then right after that, I don't know if you saw it, Chelsea Green puts the pumpkin in her head. And then she just starts wobbling and tripping over stuff. I'm like... What was the point of you putting it on your head then? You should have never done that. I don't know. Yeah. She was so surprised that she dropped the pumpkin on her head. But either way, (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't make sense. But either way, that match gets us to the main event of Damian Priest versus Sami Zayn. This was also a good match, but you know that Judgment Day with the number game, they're going to be down there. Damian Priest wins by disqualification just because Jey Uso comes down, Finn and Dom come down. Damian is talking to Cody Rhodes through the camera. Just all the shenanigans going down, but Damian Priest wins by disqualification. 
Do you want to talk about the match, or you want to talk about like what happens after? Yeah, the match, uh, Judgment Day. Obviously, the numbers were always going to come into play, but I did want to say something about Jay Uso. You know, the whole teasing Rhea Ripley's doing in the back. Um, a lot of people are saying that Jamie Uso's going to the Judgment Day, and he did cause Emmy Zayn the match, especially after that heartfelt promos Emmy Zayn delivered early on the night. He said he was going to take out Judgment Day, even if it's one on one, three on one, five on one. He doesn't care. He was going to take him out. And later on that night, Jay Uso cost him the match. And I think I'm like, if they're going to plant some seeds on where this story going to go and where is Jay Uso. Gonna gonna go did he jump from bloodline to the judgment day i have a lot of questions well how did you see the ending i mean i don't i don't think jay's joining the judgment day but i also saw online that people are saying that Sami Zayn is gonna turn heel but i don't see that either you know it's too early to tell i still think that maybe jay Uso and Sami Zayn are eventually gonna get in a feud over this just like how seth rollins and drew mcintyre are getting in a feud over this that one doesn't believe the other one isn't going to be joining the judgment day so I, I feel like that has something to do with this and it's not copy and pasting it's just <laughs> they're gotta set up the elimination chamber match <laughs> somehow I, <laughs> you I, know I, what i mean i didn't say anything i didn't say anything, <laughs> I didn't say anything. <laughs> just, I, either way bro i just i think that all this is still related to the bloodline and, and previous unsolved uh issues that all these wrestlers have it's true man this one is a tricky one too you know I, and i know there's some fans out there that have different predictions as well so if you guys do have different predictions please let us know on all our social media platforms at triggered wrestling if you want to hit us up on twitter x hit us up on t-r-i-g-g underscore w-r-e-s-t-l-i-n-g brian said that jay uso and Sami Zayn are going to have a, a feud similar to what seth rollins and drew mcintyre are where you're in the bloodline no you're in the bloodline. I predict that Sami Zayn is going to have some trust issues because he cost him the match. There's a lot of things going on. And for once, for once, I'm like, okay, cool. If this is going to be the end of something cool, just wrap it up. It's been long enough. Just go ahead and do it. But I like it. Yeah, I like it too. So let's go down a quick rundown here on WWE NXT uh, Halloween Havoc Night 2. I didn't watch these because uh, it's Halloween and I got two kids. So yeah, I got to take them trick-or-treating. So I didn't see this. Uh, but Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo versus the Creed Brothers in the Tables, Ladders, and Scares match. What did you say? That this is uh, Los Perros del Mal? The bad dogs or the dogs of bad or something? See, I don't know. Either way, but uh, the Creed Brothers win. They've had a busy couple days. They win by doing the Brutus Ball thing on Humberto Carrillo. Um, Dominic Mysterio's defending the NXT North American Championship against Nathan Frazier. Dom wins. We get Braun Breaker versus Robert Stone or Tony Khan Jr., I think you called him. Or what did you say? The wannabe Tony Khan. I don't know if you're... The wannabe yeah, Tony I think it was like 2018, 2019 when, when that guy Stone was coming out with suits, had hair similar to Tony Khan and similar goofy glasses. Yeah. And that's where I you're got right. it from. Mm -hmm. Got it, got it. Well, Braun Breaker wins with a spear. <laughs> So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, Von Wagner is apparently back uh, and, is, and attacks Braun Breaker after that. Uh, then we get Chelsea Green and Piper Niven versus JC Jane and Thea Hale for the WWE Women's World Tag Team Championship. Chelsea Green, Piper Niven win. Then we get the uh, tournament finals of the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament. We get Lola Vice taking the W on... <laughs> Kalani Jordan. Yeah, Lola Vice needed to win that one. She has a lot of eyes on her management fans. She is gonna be a future star in the WWE. Best believe it. You heard it here first. And it's not just because she won the tournament. I had my eyes on her. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but for the main event, we get Carmelo Hayes versus Ilya Dragunov for the NXT Championship. Ilya Dragunov wins with the Torpedo Moscow, retaining the NXT Championship. I saw some highlights from that match. I thought it was great. It was great, but the reason is because uh, Trick Williams uh, essentially cost him the match a little bit. Yep, looks like Trick Williams has uh, has his sights on somebody that... Uh attacked him a few weeks back allegedly allegedly yep. attacked him and also I, I don't know if you saw it too alexis king delivered a promo earlier on that night and said that oh you know i'm gonna be here i'm a future star and i've already done things but you'll find out and a lot of people were saying were like oh shit is it alexis king who attacked trick williams that would be a good twist but then you know people were like well 
Why is he attacking people? But I'm like, bro, he's trying to make a name for himself. He's a new guy in the company. Obviously, somebody's going to attack somebody, especially if you're a new guy. So whether it's Lexus King or Carmelo Hayes, I'm all here for it. Yep. So that ends up our NXT recap here. So let's kind of go into our new segment before we get into AEW Dynamite. You know, we saw the end of AEW Dynamite last week where Brian Danielson got injured. He just had some surgery to repair his broken orbital bone. And apparently he didn't break it. He didn't get injured that match. He got injured back when he had his dream match with Andrade. Because people are saying that he actually had a a bruise, a mouse, under his eye. So it might have been slightly fractured. And whatever happened in this match kind of... Made it worse. Made it worse, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just... I'm sad that he pretty much told everybody he's doing his going away tour. He's doing dream matches with no storyline. And then he's out again. Like, he just came back and he's out again. Like Yeah, that's kind of sad. Knowing Tony Khan, I don't think he's going to add months to his contract. I don't think he'll do that. Especially, you know, Danielson, you know, has been through a lot did come back from a serious injury that he suffered in wwe yeah i don't think that they're gonna add months to his contract but if he is trying to go out by just having matches with a lot of people that he wants to have matches by all means go for it but hey as long as he delivers and stay safe i'm here for it yeah so uh speed recovery to uh daniel bryanson or brian (laughs) brian danielson (laughs) jesus christ And then also Matt Riddle just got announced that he's having his first match since his release. And his first match is going to be none other than RVD at March 9th. Bro. Bro. (laughs) The king of bros is taking on the original, original OG bro, RVD. Let me ask you this. Are they going to partake in some of that devil's lettuce before or after the match? Before, after, and during the match. (laughs) 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 It's going to be all over, bro. (laughs) you know uh that's what i fully expect and then also matt riddle just announced that he's going to be having a kid so congratulations to him you saw a picture (laughs) he had a little bro yeah 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 Yeah. well that's the positive part of our show so let's get into the negative part of our show just kidding aw dynamite november 1st the show starts off with the orange man versus the bald man orange cassidy versus claudio castanoli and uh, I, I said this earlier, they do everything in this match. It's entertaining, but then Orange Cassidy wins with the victory roll, and it bugs me. Just that it happens so often, especially when it's an Orange Cassidy match. But the match is good, it's just I have an issue with the ending, with the, the way the finish. Yeah, you, I, and if you looked at the audience, if you heard the audience, it was the Orange Cassidy got a mild little pop. It's not that they don't like him, it's like, really? It's like, uh, like how we were saying last week, you already had your lengthy title reign. Are you seriously going to have another one? Because full gears in a couple weeks, you know, um, he's going to defend the title there. But I mean, come on, like you said, a roll up again. Maybe I would have thought maybe like four or five Superman punches or something. But yeah, I mean, I like the match. But like you said, kind of like how I don't I don't like uh, Dark Order from Wish matches because pretty much they all end the same. And this one ended in a roll up and it was disappointing for me. Yep. And the other thing during this match is that we do get Hook and Wheeler Yuta kicked out of the match for some weird reason. So I'm assuming that we're going to see them at full gear in a pre-show match at some point. But after this match, John Moxley comes out and beats the living dog shit out of uh, Orange Cassidy. And nobody comes to save <laughs> the orange man's life. Not even his so-called best friends. So the announcers made it clear that he was there by himself and Hook was the only guy there available. Oh, damn. Pay attention yeah, to so- the product, right? Yeah, pay attention to the, what the announcers are saying, my guy. Shit. Uh, but after this match, we get the Hung Bucks versus the Mogul Embassy. I haven't seen Brian Cage in a while, mostly because since we don't review Rampage, I don't watch Rampage. And then I think he was either on there on Saturday and I was watching the World Series. I don't know. I haven't seen Brian Cage in a while is what I'm trying to say. But he's here. They get a title shot. And Swerve Strickland comes down and uh, makes his presence known to uh, Hangman Page when he leaves and leaves the middle-aged Bucks in the ring to the Mogul Embassy. I knew their goose was cooked. We get new champions here. The Mogul Embassy win. So now they're the Ring of Honor six-man tag team champions. And they were the previous ones as well, right? They're the previous yeah. champs as well. Yeah, and I think it was Taz who announced it on the show that since they were the former Ring of Honor six-man tag team champions, they activated the rematch clause in this week's episode of AEW Dynamite. So that's how they got the rematch. But <laughs> funny thing about this, I don't know if you saw when uh, Hangman and Paige and the, and the Young Bucks came down to the ring, that graphic that shows up in their names yeah they constantly roast hangman page on all of them 
<laughs> said Hangman needs to invest in a new security system. <laughs> One of our uh, followers on Facebook mentioned, he's like, that should be the least of his worries. He should be more worried as to where his wife was <laughs> when all that shit went down. Because <laughs> she wasn't at home. She left so. the baby alone and somebody was saying that he needs to invest in a babysitter. Yeah, damn. See, I, none of that came up through my head until I saw that yeah. comment. <laughs> Like you said, the the Mogul Embassy retained their their Ring of Honor championships, and the Hung Bucks or the Young Bucks they uh they were salty about it. They were a little pissed off, and I'm like, bro, you guys you guys look like clowns. You guys don't even look like you guys are pissed off. This is bad acting at its finest. And I'm like, bro, just go to the back and argue there. Exactly. This is the other thing that I have issue with having at AEW is didn't they win at Russell Dream the number one contendership for the tag titles? Yes. And nothing has been mentioned about that. And we're about a couple, a week away from the pay-per-view, two weeks away from the pay-per-view. I think it was like that episode of Dynamite after when they just, they put it on the graphic and they said that the Bucks were going to do their rematch clause at full gear. So the match is already set at full gear. I know FTR lost the championships. I don't think it's at full gear because at Collision, didn't Ricky Starks and Big Bill, when the FTR came down to the ring, they were like, oh, you guys aren't going to get a title shot at full gear. So I don't know. There's so much other stuff going on that the actual number one contenders are completely out of the title picture it makes no sense yeah that that can also go into play of heels not wanting to give baby faces their title shots even though they already earned it i mean i don't know that's questionable uh it happens all over wrestling but yeah the match was already announced for full gear then ricky stark says no they're not getting a match if they don't get a match then damn <laughs> that's fucked up <laughs> Yeah, I just know I have an issue with uh, Becky Lynch and WWE, so I'm going to call it out on AEW when it happens. The same shit goes down because we're triggered wrestling, my guy. Mm-hmm. And then speaking of things that trigger me, oh, well, not this part doesn't trigger me. I just got to I'm just going to mention it. Throughout this whole episode, MGF has been trying to look for a partner. And after all these times of trying, it's clear that it's going to be the acclaimed. So I'm just going to spoil the alert that way I don't bring it up each time after every match. So there's that. So we get this promo here from Adam Copeland again with Tony Schiavone. And he just, he just, I don't know. He just fucking slobs on Tony Schiavone (whistles) again saying, if you guys knew how many hats this guy wears, you'd bow down to this man or whatever he said. But it's just ridiculous. Like he butters him up every time. He's a lovable guy. He's a jolly old guy, bro. I don't know, but uh, honestly, I feel like all these promos from Edge are the same. Christian Cage comes down with Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne. Sting comes down, so it's clear that it's going to be those three versus Edge and Sting and Darby Allen probably at full gear. Anything that you want to add to this? No, I mean, it's pretty much simple. You know, I like that they're doing a different thing every other week. It's not the same repetitive shit ever and over. I know I had an issue when Dominic Mysterio kept calling Rey Mysterio a deadbeat week after week after week and with the writer staff head of writer and creative they couldn't come up with nothing differently and i like how they're doing it differently you know one week he's talking to tony shivani next week he's talking to him by himself then the next he's talking backstage with several other people then this week he's talking with tony shivani again different things different weeks i like it give me something new no writing staff in here but yeah adam copeland finally finally broke you know he's like hey bro like i've been doing nothing but nice things to you you try to attack me christian kate comes out and says he's gonna injure his neck he's going to uh put adam copeland in a wheelchair so his daughters can uh wipe his drool away and i think that's what hit him that was the final strike for adam copeland and he, he broke he gave his old buddy a spear and yeah the match is gonna be set for full gear and, and i'm all here for it but saying again adam copeland did put a lot of praise on darby allen and darby allen has been a workhorse for AEW, and i'm sure a lot of people have seen it you know, I see, and I give him, I give him his props. I know he's uh he's gonna climb Mount Everest. I think what is it in February, if I'm not mistaken. So Darby Allen's doing his thing. I'm a fan of his, big fan of his. You know who I'm not a fan of? Who? It's Tony Khan with these announcements, <laughs> dude. So Tony Khan finally comes out with his big announcement, and his big announcement is that his family has had their Christmas tree up since July. So he's gonna give everybody the gift they've all been wanting. Which was the announcement that December 1st tickets for all in 2024 will be on sale. <laughs> and oh my God, this guy is, 
He just doesn't learn, does he? I guess not. Even I said it. I'm like, what kind of bullshit announcement he's going to announce this week? And there's nothing wrong about announcing something, but if you're going to announce something, announce something that's worth it. You know what I mean? So speaking of announcements that are worth it, the big announcement here from Triggered Wrestling is that you can see us next November 12th at Barrio Toys to hang out with Thunder Rosa from 2 to 4. We will be there. We will be square. So uh, get your tickets at Barrio Toys. <laughs> yep, if you are, if you guys are here in the Northern California area, Roseville area, hell, you're even from Reno. Come on by to Barrio Toys, man. Thunder Rose is gonna be here. I'm fucking excited. Are you excited? I'm excited. I'm always excited to meet these wrestlers at Barrio Toys, and most importantly, to converse with other wrestling fans instead of just on the online's. Because it's nice, you know, when you see these people online, you're like, you're not gonna be as terrible as you are in person, and it's different and i like that so that's awesome but things that i'm not happy with is the way the rest of this show goes down we get cool hand angela parker and daddy magic versus chris jericho and kenny omega kenny omega and chris jericho weren't gonna lose they end up winning but uh don Callis gets on the mic with the Callis family and apparently kyle fletcher is now a member of the family is the other guy injured yes he uh i think he broke his wrist at wrestle dream didn't he just come back from injury also no I thought he, like, hurt his hip, and that's why they were gone for a while, and then he no. came back. Okay. Anyways, point story. He's been injured now. So, uh, Kyle Fletcher is now a member of Kyle's family. He calls them dummies, and then, you know, Omega says it's bad enough being a dummy. He'd hate to be called a stupid head. Childish jokes. Ha ha ha. I'm sure people loved it. But we find out that the big man that they've been alluding to joining them is none other than the big show, Paul White. And uh, once again, I see. And that's the thing. You guys have so many wrestlers on your roster that you could bring up. Why use the big show just because he's big? I would have actually done Lance Archer. You know, Lance Archer did come back in an episode of Rampage. I believe it was two weeks ago. Use him. I like the Big Show. Don't get me wrong. I grew up watching the Big Show. He's great. Some people might put him in their Mount Rushmore, but come on. I'll agree with you on this one. I mean, I and I hate to say it like this, but Sting not too long ago said that, you know, I really like having Ric Flair around. It really reminds me of the days in WCW. And I'm like, I bet it fucking does remind you of WCW. You got Chris Jericho. You just had Arn Anderson out there. And the Big Show's there wrestling. So I bet it fucking feels like WCW 40 years later. You know what I mean? And it might sound like I'm hating, but I'm just like geez like these are still active people that are constantly on your television screen today in 2023 and that's what i have an issue with like paul white like you guys have so many people like who satnam singh that are big satnam singh you could have used wardlow you could have used like you mentioned lance archer shit you could have dude you could have gotten someone young that is tall to do you have sean spears that is just as tall as wardlow is he's not as big but he's tall uh, that's the issue i have with this yeah uh i don't know if you saw too like when they were doing that um when the camera was zoomed out one of paul white's legs i think it was the right one it was like bent over i'm like this guy's not gonna be able to walk down that ramp yeah he's got like the uh i guess the the knee issue when your knees are kind of going inward yeah. instead of straight or to our inward knees knock knees knock knees yeah, but that's Jericho's beef with uh, him and Will Hobbs. Um, but there will be a third man alongside Jericho and Kenny Omega, and that will be Kota Ibushi. That's also a returning guy. He's not going to be with Paul White's team. That's a different side of beef. But I'm excited for that Kota Ibushi, though. Not so much about the Paul White. Yeah. Oh, man. So, moving on, we get Hikaru Shida versus Willow Nightingale for the AW Women's World Championship. Hikaru Shida, the all-time women's champion here that is a fighting champion. Hikaru Shida wasn't going to lose. She doesn't lose. Post-match, Tony Storm comes out. Then the lights come out. And then Julia Hart is in the ring with Willow Nightingale. And, Adrian, you, you talk about this. You talk about this. Yeah, so, you know, Shida's first ever two-time and three-time AEW Women's Champion. She gets the victory over Willow Nightingale. And if you notice, too, Willow Nightingale, the mist, the eye, that eye that was evolving around her, basically turning her to the dark side, is no longer there. So we know that Willow Nightingale fought the dark side. She's not in House of Black or with Julia Hart's little faction that she's trying to create. 
But yeah, as the light goes out, Julia Hart appears in the ring. She's trying to put the mist on Willow. Then Sky Blue comes in. Sky Blue then turns around and sprays blue mist on Julia Hart. So does that mean Sky Blue also fought the dark side and is not going to be joining Julia Hart? Or is this she trying to fight it still? I don't know. But I'm still going to see where this is going forward because I like the story. The House of Black story is pretty dope. I'm going to be tuning in on a weekly basis. Yeah, I don't understand if, if women are immune to the mist. Um, or if it is just actually how did julia hart join because she got missed in her face too yeah, right with um by malachi oh that's who it was okay all right fuck man i don't understand the story but we'll see where it goes at least they have some sort of storyline going on for this i gotta give them props and then uh you know so we mentioned that mjf was going around town trying to find somebody to team up with he even uh <laughs> gives jeff jarrett jay lethal and satnam singh the jarrett family offices a chance <laughs> but he declines them and then uh roderick strong in the kingdom <laughs> they roll up calling adam cole saying that mjf didn't even ask them to be a team with them and uh adam cole tells him to shut the hell up so the acclaimed end up being mjf's partners here against the bullet club gold and uh of course they had to ask mjf to wear pink scissor me daddy shorts chones what do you want to call yeah that pink burberry scarf i thought it was pretty dope and it's also daddy has his 60th birthday on november 1st the man looks fucking great for 60 years old bro i mean steroids allegedly allegedly Alleged steroid use works wonders, allegedly. Hey, he still looks great for a 60-year-old. He does. I gotta give him props. Uh, but Bullet Club Gold, they end up winning. Jay White hits the Blade Runner on MJF. And then uh, he ends up trying to take MJF's head off with the title, with the triple B. But then uh, Max Caster takes a bullet for MJF. Aww. Bullet Club Gold end up running away and uh, leaves the baby faces in the ring to do a quadruple scissor me daddy. Yeah, that shit was funny because daddy ass got on to MJF. He's like, he took that hit from you. You go over there and scissor him now. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I know you hate, you think this is cheapening MJF stuff, but. Me, a guy that loves the Attitude Era, a guy that still watches the Attitude Era to this day on Peacock. This reminds me of the time when The Rock and even Stone Cold Steve Austin were some of the top guys in the company. And they were still acting like goofballs. And it was okay because not only were they badasses in the ring, they were great workers in, in backstage. And, and I love it. And I and I see, I'm not going to say MJF is right up there with them, but I see similarities in MJF, the way he carries his character. He can be a good wrestler. He can be a great worker a great talker he's also somebody that can have fun in the ring with his co-workers i used to love the rock when he did it i love stone cold i actually saw a clip of stone cold refereeing a match with uh the undertaker and kane and it was just a complete goofy ass match in today's day that wouldn't fly with some fans but I saw that clip and it reminded me back of that shit. It was pure comedy gold. At some point, Stone Cold Steve Austin delivered a stunner on The Undertaker. The Undertaker was going to pin Kane. He didn't count. When Kane pinned Undertaker, Stone Cold was counting really fast. It was just all a bunch of shenanigans. A lot of tomfoolery going around. And I love stuff like that. You you can do that with MJF. If, if it worked back in the day, it could still work now. But it has to be done great. And I think it's great. MJF is doing a phenomenal job at as a heel champion that acts like a goofball. It, it worked for The Rock. It worked for Stone Cold Steve Austin. It worked for DX. It worked for NWO. And it's working now. I love it. Did you catch the reference where the announcers said that they were going to have a quadruple t- yes. a scissor <laughs> fit when, they, when they see JR? <laughs> yeah. Yes. And then Taz was like, what? <laughs> Yeah. oh man that, that was a good little funny fucking reference there from the announcers but yeah so follow us on triggered wrestling don't forget to hit the subscribe button below and leave some comments for us please we are triggered wrestling before we do leave i want to ask something i want to ask you and the listeners and if you guys do want to get into the conversation like brian was saying join us on all the social media platforms to me i know becky lynch delivered that promo and she said she defended the title more times than rhea ripley and roman reigns 
decades, right? MJF is now the longest reigning AEW World Champion at 348 plus days. In your eyes, how do you see a world champion? Is it somebody that, that's a draw, just a draw completely, no matches, no appearances, no nothing? A fighting champion, a champion that's there on a weekly basis with storylines and just interacting with people? Like, what's your criteria for, for a real world champion? Ooh, you know, I really don't know if there's a specific criteria I go for. I do like Seth Rollins' reign because uh, one would say he's defending it like a workhorse, but he's really not. He's just defending it like every pay-per-view. But then you get Roman Reigns, who's a complete just fucking draw. It doesn't He doesn't have to put on five-star bangers like he's going to be drawing big numbers, big main events, and people will care about what he does. I would say that MJF is somewhere in between there. Becky Lynch was the workhorse champion. Yeah, she was defended in Raw and NXT and in the PLEs too. I honestly like it somewhere in between, but Roman Reigns, you can only do that with certain people. Like if it was Chris Jericho out there now, how he is now defending it once every four months, I would hate it. It just has to be the right person to be able to do that. And currently, Roman Reigns is the right person. Yeah. But ideally, you'd want somebody like MJF or Seth Rollins to be there all the time defending it. See, to me, I like a fighting champion. Becky Lynch was doing her thing with the NXT Women's Championship. The issue that I have with Roman Reigns, and this is my guy. I love Roman Reigns since the moment I saw him in the Shield. To me, I feel like a, a champion champion, a world champion, the face of the company, even if you're not defending the title, you still need to be there. I mean, the man has more returns than title defenses. That has to say something. One, you have to be in the show. You don't have to have a match every week. You also don't have to defend your title every week. But at least show up. Rollins is a fighting champion. Some could say he could be wrestler of the year. I'm not going to argue that. But like you said, he is only defending it on big events like the PLEs. And I don't know if you noticed... This was Rollins' first WWE Raw match in a long time. I think two months, and it was against JD Madonna. You know, he doesn't wrestle often in Raw, but he shows up on Raw. He shows up as a title. He makes stories, has promos with other people. See, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. I will add one more thing. I don't like that Roman Reigns is not winning as many matches as he should be cleanly. If he's that big of a draw, he needs to be winning a little bit more cleanly instead of getting help from the bloodline. Yes, and I think this is an issue people didn't like about Roman Reigns reigns back in the day i wouldn't say back in the day i would say maybe like five six years ago um was because roman reigns was the top baby face he was running through everybody he was literally the fighting champion vince mcmahon literally created a faction for the sole purpose to put roman reigns over league of nations i think with rusev wade barrett sheamus and alberto del rio that whole faction was built for the sole purpose to put roman reigns over i thought it was great some people didn't like it but it's like you know if you could do that back in the day why are you needing help now you know it just it just doesn't add up if you're the top dog you shouldn't be needing as much help as you need you know and maybe once in a while but every match yeah it's every match it's kind of frustrating but i mean it is what it is uh we're just casual viewers i wish we had some more say but we do not and also congratulations to the texas rangers who just won the world series yeah in game five i actually just got the notification too damn bro so does that mean that uh the excuses are over for ratings after today apparently so Well, I don't, I don't watch baseball. Is it like, is it uh, every day they have a game? Stop, man. Fuck you, bitch. You know damn well what the schedule is. I saw this, but it's not like I have it implanted in my head. Is it like literally every day or is it like every other day? Eh, it's like every other day, every third day, something like that when it's the World Series. Oh, okay. This game. Damn, it's game five already? Yeah, bro. They got smacked. When, when did it start? I don't <laughs> know. Like five days ago, six days, seven days ago, oh, something like that. Yeah, see, I... Just pay attention to the ratings <laughs> <laughs> when they start losing million, a million now, viewers, now, bro. Watch, watch. You're going to be like, well, it, was a, it was a game five. It was clear that somebody was going to win today, so... Bro, honestly, this episode of AEW is probably going to be... Well, probably by the time this episode comes out, the ratings will already be out, but I'm sure it's going to be a terrible number because it's going right against... Uh, the final game? The World Series. The final game, yeah. Prediction. Let's do a prediction before we leave. I probably say... Oh, my god seven no I'll probably, I'll probably give it like seven high sevens high sevens okay so uh if people were to watch the whole game the game just ended that means uh aew was probably over sixth inning ish fifth inning ish i'm gonna say that the beginning 30 minutes of aew was decent and then it just tanks and then overall 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 I'm going to go with 500K, 595K. That's when I go with my number. 
All right. All right. That's it for us, guys. You know, be tuning in. Make sure to hit the follow button and subscribe on YouTube and all our social media platforms. I'm Adrian. That's Brian. Most importantly, stay triggered. Bang, bang. Bang.